Easy E, how are we? Johnny. It's rare we're actually no. talking on a Sunday. <laughs> Sunday morning. No, Rachel, today in the podcast, I just saw on Strava, she did some like a 90K cycle. Um, I, I don't know if it was yesterday or today. I get lost in the time zones and stuff. So I assume she's recovering up from that. So Rachel, fair play in your cycle and all the stuff you're doing on Strava lately. Speaking of training, how's the big how's the training going for you, big man? Um, well, we're coming to the end of the four weeks get back into sport period. So this week has been very quiet. <laughs> um, <laughs> the calm before the storm, so to speak. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, um, I spent a lot of time just getting myself organized and back into work. And there's a few things I just kind of had to do since I got home. So um, yeah, spent a, a lot of time finalizing a lot of things, picking up gear for myself for the bike. So um, we're starting to cycle to and from work from tomorrow. Oh, very nice. Um, yeah, so it's 23 kilometers each way. One of the ways is past your house, and I drove it home the other day. <laughs> Holy fuck. The hills, man. The hills are insane. Yeah, so I, I actually used the, the pedometer or the speedometer or whatever you want to call it. The, so I think one of the hills is consistent for two and a half kilometers of a climb. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's nasty enough. But I'm going to cycle in a different way. <laughs> I don't want to start my day like that. So I'm going to cycle in a different way and then I'm going to come home over the hills because if I need to begin Joe in the morning time, if you sleep it out, at least I can be guaranteed a time in on a flat road. Mm-hmm. It's two kilometers longer, but it's, I think, like 300 meters less climb. So um, whereas on the way home, time is irrelevant. So I can come over the hills at a decent pace that I'm not killing myself. Uh, because the idea is you need to be able to cycle in and out every day. So if I cycle over them hills twice on the first day, I think I might die. So, um, But yeah, so the, the cycling is going to start back next week. A uh, couple of runs added in. Um, and I think I'm a week away from my 16-week plan. So um, yeah, it's going to involve cycling and running and gym work. So it's, um, it's going to be busy. It's going to be very, mm-hmm. very busy. So probably about 10 training sessions a week. Because eventually after two, three weeks, cycling in and out to work is no longer a training session. It's just my daily commute and everything else is a training session. So it's... Yeah, it's, we talked uh, about it before yeah. with the nutrition stuff. It's it's like you get to a point like I think the other week, I remember it was last week before we talked about adaptation and stuff. But it comes a while where you're doing the same thing all the time. That, that that becomes your new set pace. That becomes your new normal. And people are like, people think they plateau and stuff. It's like, no, like you, you, you're just doing the same thing over and over again. Obviously with you, you're just getting miles and legs stuff with, with, the, with the cycling but you need to push a little bit more then on the running, and that's where you're getting your extra your extra bit from. Uh, no, that's that's deadly. Fair play. Uh, all psych for. Um, I am. I'm busy today now again. I'm back in the home. I'm just kind of moving all my stuff into one location. Is what I'm, I'm <laughs> trying to do at the minute, which I haven't done for six years of living in bases and this, that, and the other. So, the living in bags element is starting to come to an end. Um, but yeah, it's uh. I still have a bit to do. I still have to change my cleats after we did Quest Glen. The locker ruined the bottom of my cleats, so I have to change them later. And uh, but apart from that, yeah, I got my waterproof bag for cycling in. I got decent reflective gear. I got lights. I got pumps. I got everything. Um, I took away all my excuses before I gave my chance to have them. If that makes sense, you know, yes. like you look out today in the showers. So. I've set myself up in work. I have two towels. I have two changes of clothes that are there in case of emergency. Apart from that, I'll carry in my change of clothes every day. My uniform will be left in work, you know? So um, it's just, yeah, just taking away the excuses. So all I have to do in the morning is wake up, 
put my stuff in the waterproof bag and it's cool and uh, I had to say the Catalan is brilliant because uh, so all cycling shops are brilliant and I, I'll say that but in terms of the Catalan I didn't want to spend I didn't want a brand I just wanted mm-hmm. something that would do the job and uh, yeah it's one of these like fully waterproof roll at the top um, bags that has straps on it and it's absolutely perfect for what we need for reflective on the back but it's stuff like that that I wouldn't have known I needed unless I was looking at it going, yeah, actually, because I want to bring my laptop, I want to bring this. So, yeah, yeah, so it took away all my excuses. So now once the bike holds up (laughs) and I can get the shoes on and uh, at least that's that's it. I have a pump as well in in case of emergency, you know, like I I didn't you I don't usually carry them on the bike or strap them on the bike because it's usually a race that if the tire bursts, I'm just like, nah, fuck. So, um. Uh, whereas I have to get to work so if I'm 20 minutes late because I burst the tire that's fine um, but yeah um, but yeah that's it so I'm excited nervous of course because yeah it's obviously getting back it into has. it but just take the time and leave give myself enough time in the mornings um, and the plan is to keep it going up until September October time up until the marathon um, and then I'll be back indoors uh, for winter because it's too dark on the country like it is actually probably one thing that's scaring me is cycling on the roads um mm. like even cycling over to ho- or driving over to home this morning i seen people overtaking cyclists on bends with continuous white lines and um, some of them met the flashing lights and the horn of me because they were like completely dangerous and they had to yeah. then edge in on top of the cyclists because i was coming around the bend like so it's i'm afraid of drivers yeah a lot of drivers are idiots um so yeah yeah, so at seven o'clock in the morning, you're surrounded by a lot of commuting traffic. Um, and then again at five o'clock in the evening. So it is probably genuinely the only thing that's really scaring me. I actually was driving the route home and I mm-hmm. met a cyclist with a bag on his back, waterproof cycling, what <laughs> seemed to be the direction I was traveling. It gave me actually a little bit of confidence that, look, people do it. So, yeah. and I know people do it. I know people do it all the time, but. Yeah, it's just it is it is an element to think about on the country roads going across. Oh, 100 percent It is a very, very scary thing. I remember the first couple of times cycling through Dublin City Centre, just being down there petrified, not knowing should we be in by the pass, should we near the middle of the road when turning and what like just weaving around cars, cars obviously weaving around me and even the back roads near where you're living now. I've been down those roads and and trucks, literally trucks passing me out going, Oh my god, I'm going straight into the ditch now because I'm going to put myself in a ditch before a car comes around the corner and puts all of us into a ditch. But um, you know, it's, you, you do you do somewhat get used to it after a bit of time and, and people listen to the podcast know I'm I'm no expert. But even though Rachel's not in the podcast today, her fingerprints are all over this podcast because of her. I was at her own her old athletic club out in Kilcock on Friday night. And once we get the intro music and I'll talk about that 5k, let's go. Eric, you know where you, you sign up for the races and stuff we've done before in the past. Yeah. Me and you have 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 a thing where We've been late for a few things. You know, we're just getting there. Even if we're a half hour early or something for an event, you don't want to be too early for an event. So I was getting... So Rachel, when she talked about her 5K PB, 16 something, insane time she did it. She did it out in um, St. Coca's um, Athletic Club out in Kilcock. That used to be her own, pretty much her own training ground back in the day. And she invited... I was t- talking to her before off the podcast about wanting to try and get this sub 25K. And she's like, it's a 
this place here is a good flat course. It's on the end of June. Go for it. So around three, four months ago at this stage, I signed up for it. Not thinking too much about it. Like I'm signing up for it. When I get close to it, I'll, I'll build up and I'll do it. And I, I knew, obviously, it's an elite level athletic club just because of Rachel's times and stuff. But I was driving into Kilcock. The race started at 8 o'clock. So I'd say around 20 past, 25 past 7, because I'm not too familiar with the area. I said, I'll drive in, just make sure I'm parked up and try and figure out where I'm going because I didn't really think too far ahead. At 20 past, 25 past seven, I'm coming to Kilcock and it's it's apparent the race is on because it wasn't just one or two people. There was a ton of people running and getting warm-ups in. 40 minutes before the event, I'm like, oh my God, like just insane stuff. By the time I parked up and did my little jog, like little over, little under a kilometer to, to where the starting line was, you could also come off the road into their athletic club and they had like, uh, race tracks around they had the proper turf and everything and like there was just hundreds of people all in the proper running gear racing gear all good to go like there was no uh saw doctors t-shirts or anything like that and <laughs> i meet in the jordan t-shirt thankfully i wore the L tank top this time i actually felt a little bit in the crew and i was like oh my god this is this is a whole new a whole new ball game like the winner was 14 minutes on, on the 5k and, oh my um, god! I, I scrolled through the first few results. I didn't want to see the time where I was. I think I seen I seen where I was at the end. But um, like I got onto page two, and it was a hundred, a hundred names were on it, and like the hundredth person was seventeen minutes. Seventy minutes. Oh something. my god! Whoa! The ever thinks like this? I actually it was the very first time. I've done a fair few events, even this year alone, but I never got that proper uh, sports day race hundred meter feel. That I got yeah, before yeah, that. Yeah. I was actually properly nervous. Like I was like, oh my God, I, I raced thinking and everything went out the window. Like, was it intimidating is not the right word, but I, I know I knew what people went. And this is this is no, it's not bashing the event or anything like that. But what I heard beforehand, I was like, this is not your average fun run. This is like if you're too close to the top and you're in people's way, you're gonna get the little elbow and stuff and the little move and the nods and stuff like that. Now that didn't happen to me, but um maybe it was tanked up, but that didn't happen to me. <laughs> but uh <laughs> But you could do, you did tell about the starting line. It's like okay, this is this is a different animal. This is a beast. This is a proper race, and let's go. Um, yeah, yeah it's uh, it is kind of scary. But I suppose when Rachel was saying that it was her quick one and it's a good flat course, every athlete who runs a five k is also thinking, Kilcock's a good place to get out and get a good PB. So you were competing with Athletics of Ireland, really. To be honest, oh yeah. You know, they and had like uh, yeah did you find that i always say like if you play with better you get better did you find even though your race plan was gone did you find it weird people consistently passing you out or you're trying to catch people do you know the way when we do these races some people get the burst off and then you start taking names you start picking them off as you go how did it feel to see people going further into the <laughs> distance um it was weird because there was like 97 clubs or something like that represented because I saw, I saw a post on it. Um, I, I wish I could say I started picking people off. It happened the opposite way. So I had that little burst to start and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm getting a little bit ahead. Um, and I only found out afterwards that I started at, now I, I finished the kilometer at around 3.53, but I started at a 3.25 pace. I'm like, oh boy. So by the time the second kilometer finished around, I, I I felt heavy. I felt sick. I felt the breathing was too heavy. So I, I unfortunately got in my own head at that stage. and was like, today might not be the day it happens. And then there was a balloon going by the 20, around midway through, near the end of the third kilometer. 
Um, I saw the balloon with the 20 minute mark on it, just just slowly creep ahead and creep ahead. And uh, I, I just had nothing to thank. The head, the breathing was too much, uh, which is something I need to work on now. Um, I hadn't done enough intervals. So it was more of a case of people picking me off and passing me out. And I was that guy that got too far ahead and came back. But what happened was I hit the 353 in the first kilometer. I knew that was too fast. But, well, I was aiming for 355. So it was actually somewhat on, on, on track, but I just started at that little bit too fast just because of trying to, if I didn't start off, if I actually started off slower, I'd say I, I would have been trampled on by people. So I kind of just try to pick a, a, a quiet part of the paths and stuff and try and just, keep on going forward without getting trampled on from behind. So I probably started too far up ahead, maybe. Um, I, I'm not too sure. But then the second kilometer, I was like, right, I'm going to try, try and maintain this pace, see what happens. This is never, has this ever happened to you in a garden? You're running along, you know you're doing a four-minute kilometer pace or something around that. You look down on the watch and it says five-minute kilometer pace. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. We're in the middle of the woods and it happened. I'm like, I'm like, I can't be running a five-minute kilometer. I know I'm not, but am I? It's uh, it usually happens when you go into trees. It yes. can't it can't get a reading on you, and um, it's it happens to me when we train around Donaghy Forest when I go for a run around Donaghy and I'm running at what's like eh, this is a four fifty five and I look down my watch it's nearly pushing seven minute kilometers and it's actually very off button. Yes, very very off button, and it it's one of those things where on a race. I 100% know what you're saying in terms of you need to check your pace. You need to know, like, how am I? How is the heart? You know, like, it's, it is a handy tool. But I think, especially if you get into the trees, just don't look. Yeah. Just don't, that, that was, don't look. Just, that, just ride it out because it actually gets into your head. It's like you're working hard, you're breathing hard, and your watch is like, are you going to start running? It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, it happens quite a lot. Even in Helsinki, when we went for runs along the river, there was trees as high as you could and I set out a pace that would feel really good and it would be telling me 6.45 and then all of a sudden we come out of the trees and I'm at a 4.20 and I'm like I no wonder why I am absolutely <laughs> goosed um, because y- y- you know you're going quick but you don't notice the 15 seconds quicker or uh, you yeah. know it, it, especially when you're surrounded by a crowd like that like let's I be honest just with the crowd yeah now I'm not making excuses here I hadn't got it on me today I wasn't getting sub 20 this didn't make a difference it was just a it was a funny side note I remember even thinking while doing it I was like I just had so much respect for and there was probably no one in this race doing it but obviously people were at 10 15 years ago no watches no pace uh, we've talked to people before doing marathons in 2010 2012 not having that pace stuff like that just have to guess off the signs what they're doing to be able to do that and not constantly look at the watch and see what kind of pace is settled into, into those runs was just, I got a whole new respect for it very quick, very fast. And I realized, actually, I may as well not have this watch when I'm going through trees right now. I have no idea what pace I'm doing. But I got to pass the, I say pat, near the 4K mark, and I knew I had, I needed, I needed to get two 405s or something like that to keep going. I knew it was getting slower and slower. Uh, and it was one of those cases where I literally just wanted just, severe left and jump into a ditch because i just felt so just felt sick the breeding was gone i, I was one of those I, I felt like i'd sprinted the 3k and I, I i just felt like that was it um, and i felt really slow even though i wasn't like my last kilometer had i not had to watch i would have told you maybe i did a 5 5 15 kilometer pace but i ended up doing a 420 and i don't know how because i felt so slow in comparison to what i was doing at the start so um, hell of an event, hell of a race. I, I, I good to see a lot of people out there. And even at the end, talking to a few people, they're like, "Okay, I'm getting started now for my marathon training plan. This is to see what my 
my 5k pace was and, and 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 build my training plans and stuff around there because just like yourself a lot of people are are, are good 16 weeks out for whether it's all the markets are coming up now in September and October pretty much whether it's Galway I heard a lot of talk about um Rotterdam he's doing um is that a good flat course uh, obviously Dublin as well and then if, if people are looking up to New York Chicago or or any of those as well yeah it's uh did you feel uh, I was just thinking as you were saying there surrounded by all the singlets and short shorts did you feel like a runner no <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> I just think it's amazing gear yeah it's amazing how we keep saying like you are a runner you are a runner uh, but when you show up to the 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 amateur kind of outfit of athletics and you're like, oh no, I'm not in this league. No, yeah. no, 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 no. It was the first time all year where I felt like, oh, like I, I always felt like I got complacent after how I got, got on a fast lane. But then when I got to this, like, oh, it's like I jumped up a league. But it's mad how the gear makes a difference. So when you're talking about the Catalan there and stuff like that, I was cycling with a few friends yesterday and I was like, ah, we're going for a casual cycle. And they were like, we might do 15, 20K. I didn't know they planned 40 odd K to cycle. So I got up and, you know, it was windy and whatever around here. And I was like, ah, I'll put on the jacket. I'll have the tracksuit bottoms on. I'll stick me, me usual Jordan training top on. So I got there looking like a, a piece of whatever. And like, as I just walked out of the gym and they had the full running gear decked out, the padded shorts, the works. And they're like, hey, where's your reflectors? I'm like, I, I got nothing. I got a little light in the back of the bike. And that that's about it. I had no bag. I had no food. And I just felt like, what am I doing? But the gear can give you that extra bit of confidence, that extra bit of boost. I know it sounds insane, but like maybe having the singlets and the running shorts and everything else. So the guy's been involved in certain athletic clubs. It gives you that little boost. And once again, not saying I had the legs in me to do a sub 20. But yeah, to, to your point, the, the gear makes it makes a difference, all right. Yeah, and it is like a, listen, you don't need to buy gear no. to run fast. There's there's kids and after running in barefoot doing five k's quicker than we dream of. Like it's it's just it's your their comfort zone. They've trained in it. They, it's yeah. part of the the procedure of doing it. Do you know you put on the thing that the shorts, the go fast stripes. You know, like it's it's look the part, feel the part. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's um no, it's yeah. I, I'm I'm not jealous. I actually would have been like fuck this now. To be uh, completely honest, yeah. Well, no, I'm, it's, I'm a long end. way away from uh, probably sub twenty five five k now at this stage. So it's uh yeah, still just over it though. It's still impressive. It's you know you kind of have to take the wins from it that yeah you're not too far off where you were considering you kind of took a step back for a few weeks. So that's you know a great positive coming into the marathon season for you now you know you still have the miles and the legs you know you still have a sub 21 5k in the tank mm-hmm. so where will you be come eight weeks into your marathon plan or you know like it's that might yeah, just well, happen naturally for you i'm not gonna lie and it's not the smartest decision i've kind of put the marathon plan on a, on a small bit of a back burner because uh like near the end of the race uh, i saw the balloon just turn the corner and i was at that little bit of distance ahead and this girl on the sideline just shouted, you got 100 meters to go. There was a few of us there. And I was like, right, I got the sprint in me. I sprinted for around 10 meters, turned the corner at the end. I saw, I was like, that's not 100 meters. I just died at that. It's like, if you see my Travis, there's a little spike up and go, nah, it's not there. So I got to the end. I was kind of like, I, I had the sub 20. Um, so there's a race. There's a Park West Waste. Park, Jesus, I started trying to roster and talk there. A Park West, Park West race easy for me to well say done. <laughs> thank you very much next month july 26th uh the tuesday evening run 5k 10k i think i'm gonna get my nutrition down a little bit more drop a, a kilo or two 
um, and get more intervals. So I'm going back to Rachel's plan. Obviously, it's only four weeks away. So um, I'm going to jump into a week two plan and then get those like one or two intervals in that a week. Build that up. My long run, still keep that a lot longer because the marathon plan coming up. Um, so I'll start doing at least 10 miles, if not more, on the Sundays. Small bit of cycling there as well. And then in four weeks' time, we're having another conversation. And hopefully I can say finally sub-20. But don't get it this time. It'll have to be 2023 because I have the the ADK eco run and I've got the other thing. So I'm putting it on the podcast. Oh, that night I came home, I was sick. And there was no one in the house, thank God. So I had a little... Beckett anyway. And then uh, <laughs> I was like, right, signing up. You know, I was all smiles and stuff in the post. And I actually, I was all right. But the more I thought about it, I was more like, oh, I, I thought I had it. And compared to other times, this time, even though I knew the training wasn't properly there, I thought I had enough to squeeze it in. But obviously I didn't. So the intervals, the saunas and all are coming back. Uh, anything to get my breathing right. And um, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll see, we'll see what like in a month's time. I, I, I think it will. I think the, the little bit of focus training i think this race kind of came up uh, and yeah because you were you were you were you had a couple of things uh setting you back but i think now with the absolute determination and focus i think you'll you'll get very close mm. uh you can see you have that feeling but in credit to you when you're in there and i know from being on a couple of five sub 25k attempts i finished 15 seconds over and 10 seconds over and I got really annoyed with myself about two hours later going, fucking 15 seconds. Yeah. That's all you had to do, 15 seconds. But then I'd remind myself, yeah, but do you remember when that. you hit 3K and you thought your heart was going to explode or your chest? Like, mm-hmm. give yourself a break. <laughs> yeah. So, I- uh, so I'd say give yourself a break. You did mm-hmm. very well and uh, you have a great foundation to build for the next five weeks. Yeah, it's, it, I still think it's the hardest race, 5Ks. Well, yeah. I do a half marathon any day of the week. And some people yeah. haven't done a half marathon like that. This is too long. Like, trust me, when you get to five k's, you're sprinting the whole five k. You can you have to pace yourself out for the longer runs, uh, which which I enjoy better. But one more go around the five k, and we see how we get on from there. So, with that said, anything else you want to add to the, before we wrap up this week's episode of the Any Given Run Day podcast? Oh, that's it. Best of luck to anyone who's starting an eighteen week plan for the marathon next week. And uh, yeah, keep an eye out on our training, and we'll get in touch next week and let you know how the cycling and the training is going unreal best luck with those roads big man on that note that is it for myself and Eric in this week's episode of the podcast take care bye bye